This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is easy. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? I'm very well. We continue on our shallow dive of Australian companies on the ASX, publicly listed, that have been recommended by our community to uh, have a bit of a look at. And we have had a great spread of companies, and I'm really excited to be talking about this one today, Ren, because it certainly feels like it's going to fit within our circle of competence because it's all about beer. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. No, I think uh, this is a good one. This is an interesting one. So this one has actually been recommended a few times, well, yeah. suggested a few times by the, our Equity Mates community. So I think it was the most suggested when we put the call out for what stocks we should do for this segment. Nice. Yes. So we better do a good job of it. Uh-oh. So we are talking <laughs> about Gage Roads Brewery Co. The ASX ticker is... GRB. GRB. And it's currently trading at eight and a half cents. Yes. And market cap of 94 million. Yeah. So it falls within that small cap range. Yep. And yeah, some exciting times ahead. So Gage Brewery started back in Fremantle, Western Australia, over 14 years ago and have been crafting beer for quite a while now. They've got ales and lagers and all things in between. <laughs> My favourite beer is an ale, Ren. What about yours? <laughs> Actually, uh, lager. I don't know. <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, spelling. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ale has four letters. <laughs> lager has six. <laughs> A- ale's got three letters. Ales. Ales. (laughs) So let's actually break this company down and start explaining who it is. So it's been around for 15 years, based in WA. It's one of the largest independent brewers in Australia because the dirty little secret of the beer industry is whilst it looks like there's a lot of choice when you look on those shelves. It's all the same. You're all giving it to uh, Cartman United, Asahi. There's not a lot of independent brewers. How have these survived so long without being snapped up, I wonder? Just keep saying no. 
Or have they not even been offered an acquisition? Oh, you'd have to ask them. They don't make that public, I don't think. Uh-huh. Surprising. <laughs> so they're worth about 100, 100 million bucks, which is pretty impressive in 15 years for a small brewer. Very heavily WA based. The name relates to an actual road in WA, but they sell throughout Australia. Now, their business is segmented in three main parts. So They've got their own brands, their Gage Road brands. They've got volume that they contract brew. So essentially they brew for other companies. You know, if Liquorland wants to make a beer, they'll go to the market and say, we want to do a Liquorland branded beer. Who can make it for us the cheapest? And so they do some contract brewing there. And then the third segment is a brand that a lot of people probably are familiar with, which is Matzo's. The ginger beer? You familiar with it? I'm not, Ren. I'm actually ah. just looking at all their brands now and I've never had one of their beers. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely Have had you? Yeah, I've had this ginger beer before. Their big brand in their Gage Road own brand portfolio is called Atomic Beer. I've never had that. I hadn't even heard about it. But maybe we're missing out. Maybe we should move away from the... Uh... This is making me so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to uh, quickly double back on something you said, Ren, uh, before we get slammed by our uh, Western Australia listeners. Gage Roads is actually a strip of ocean. Ah, Yeah, between okay. Rottnest Island and Fremantle in Western Australia. There you go. Uh, not a hard surface road. So Why is it uh, called a road? I don't know. I, didn't, <laughs> I haven't named the maps over in Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. It is. Yeah, it but is. anyway, it's a strip of ocean. There you go. Yeah, out in the harbour somewhere. But anyway, back to, to the brands. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who are not familiar with Matzo's, it, it's a relatively big brand that Gage Road purchased last year. So obviously they see growth in that sort of ginger beer, alternative beer space. But that's really the business in a nutshell. They are in the midst of a strategy they're calling return to craft. I think 2019 was year three of that. And I think that is because they recognize that that's where the value is. Compared to doing that contract brewing that I was explaining earlier, which they do for Endeavor, which is yeah, Woolies, yeah. soon to be divested or sold, but yes. amongst others, Pinnacle Liquor Group. I'm not sure who they are. Woolies. Are they Woolies as well? Yeah. Okay. So it looks like they do a bunch of contract brewing for Woolies, but the margins are squeezed there right, yeah. um, and you don't it's not your own brand so you're not building any brand equity by brewing those beers yeah so they they've got this strategy that they started in f17 called returning to craft so they're three years into that at the moment and if you have a look at how the growth of their own brands have fared they grew 23 percent between f18 and f19 so you can see that real focus on pushing their own brands those brands that you looked up and you'd never heard of at the same time their contract brewing volume dropped part of that was because of the acquisition of this matzo's brand so that's the business in a nutshell any anything to add at that point i'm just so surprised that they've managed to remain independent why i guess i'm just looking at the strategy and their number one 
is to become the number one independent supplier to the national beer market. So they obviously... But I reckon every what, big independent would say that. Like, Yeah, but do they... I think surely... No one's saying our strategy is to be number two. Like. No, I'm saying their strategy would be to just be bought out, exit, cash out. Mate, see you're just later. such a capitalist. They do this for the love of the beer. No, they don't. <laughs> Mate, you're, no, they, no, they you're don't. unbelievable. Also, do you put it as your strategy? Like our strategy is to get bought out within the next three years? Yeah. Surely you just want to know what you're... Stra- sure you're Planners. like our strategy is to be number one wink wink nudge nudge then we'll get bought out like that's subtext uh, make it transparent <laughs> make it transparent <laughs> wait i'm saying these guys aren't going to sell out they love that strip of ocean western australia <laughs> <laughs> they've got a redfern microbrewery interesting yeah we'll, well let's check it out let's get to that in a second to your point around if they were looking to sell out you would much rather sell a business with, which had some really strong craft brands yeah. that then had brand equity that you could then get a higher value rather than just being a big contract brewer yeah. where, you know, Endeavor Drinks might say, why would we buy them? Let's just build our own factory. So I think to your cynical way of looking at the world, if every small company just wants to be bought out by a larger company, then this is the right strategy to do that. It's also the right strategy to grow their margins and grow their business and continue to be an independent brewer. So I think either way, it's probably a smart strategy. You mentioned the micro pub. Yes, micro brewery brewery in Redfern. So good to know they're actually coming across this side. I just really want to try these beers. I haven't. I'm pretty sure they're distributed on the East Coast. I just haven't seen. I I think we'll go to the bottle afterwards. Yeah, (laughs) I think the only one I've seen is that number one beer, Single Fin. The bottle. Anyway, uh, okay. haven't, whatever. No, I haven't heard of that one. Hey, we digress. Yeah. So <laughs> it looks like what they're doing with the with the brewery is focusing on this atomic beer label. Yeah. It seems like a smart decision in terms of like a marketing and engagement and brand awareness thing. I can't imagine that microbreweries are, you know, highly profitable. But yeah, I think it'll be cool. We should do some research and go check it out. Okay, Ren, so we need to go and drink some beers to do some testing. We do. <laughs> but from a financial standpoint, let's move into that. So market cap of $100 million, yep. so certainly on the rise. Yes. Well, n- not quite on the rise. I think its share price has been relatively flat this year. Yeah, topped out, I think, in February this year at uh, $0.12 cents and is now back down to... Eight and a half yeah, cents. Eight and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a bit of downward movement there. But from a revenue point of view, Ren, we've seen that revenue from activities last financial year, ending June 30, is up 20% yep. to 39 million, which, yeah, pretty impressive for a, for a brewery firm. Profit from that net profit is up 28% to 2.6 million. Yes. Now, this is probably a good point to talk about the impact of acquisitions because this is the first year that this Matzo's acquisition was factored in. Yeah. Now, it doesn't actually look like the the numbers were affected too much. They made 33 million last year and they made 39 million this year, but it would be interesting to know what the split of that is that the difference is between organic growth and acquisition growth. Yeah, right. So Gage Brands has grown, yeah, their main main one's grown 23%. In terms of the volume of... Yeah, yeah. litres. So yeah. they've sold more beer 
In a declining market, I understand, Ren, beer is actually on the decline, generally speaking. So they've done well to grow volume in terms of, of course, Matzo's not going to appear there because they've only just acquired yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gone from zero to 1.6 million litres. 5.2 million litres of beer sold for Gage Rhodes brands yeah. in 2019. Wow, it's a lot of beer. Yes, yeah. <laughs> So you can see there that the total number of beer that it sold went from 11.9 million litres to 12 million litres, so barely moved, but its profitability jumped 28%. And the reason that the litres barely moved, but its profitability jumped so much is because when you're selling your own brand rather than doing contracted volumes, because contracted volumes fell and their own brand increased, yeah. the margin is just better on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that that's the big thing to take away. If you're looking at this company and you're valuing its metrics, a big thing to think about is its sales mix. Because, I mean, this is the same with any supplier in terms of that supply supermarkets or liquor stores these days, is that all sales are not created equal um, and some are a lot more profitable than others. Surprisingly as well, where they're selling has had a bit of a change on FY18. So national chains, I'm assuming that's your Liquorlands, Dan's, still remains as their number one channel for distribution. Three million litres go through there. But then the independent retailers, 2.4 million litres have been sold through those guys. I'm assuming that's Joe Bloggs Bottle Shop on the corner. And then Tap Beer Draft, 1.3 million litres have gone through there, an increase on last year as well. So getting that sales channel is is pretty important for them by the looks of things. Yeah, 100%. They've also got the the exclusive contract to Optus Stadium, the new stadium in Perth. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a million litres through that stadium last year. So any West Coast Eagles or Frio supporters or Australian cricket fans or whatever else they do at that stadium, if you want to invest in Gage Roads, go support your investment and have a few beers at the footy. You probably don't get a choice if that's the beer on tap. True. <laughs> you don't have to drink when you watch the footy, Bryce. I know you think ah, we do. <laughs> Duh. Oh. It falls within the consumer staples sector on uh, in the market. It's price to earnings if we start looking at valuation is coming in at 28.3, so reasonably high. However, the sector is 24.1, so a little overpriced relative to some of its competitors in the industry, but obviously all of its competitors within the consumer staples industry are not going to be microbrewers and uh, of the like, so there's going to be a whole mix of companies in there. So comparing it that way might not be the best way to compare its valuation. Yeah. You want to move to DCF, Ren? Yeah. So if we have a look at trying to do a discount cash flow and we start with its earnings per share, which is fractions of a cent. So 0.26 cents per share. And we say, look, even though it grew at 28% this year, I think that's ambitious. So if we say over the next 10 years, it'll grow at an average of 10% a year. After that, it'll just grow at inflation, although Bryce is hoping it gets acquired. And then we always use the same discount rate for this, the rate that Warren Buffett and Roger Montgomery both recommend. So we just use a 10% discount rate. So if we plug those numbers in, what we get is a a price of $0.04 per share which is below the eight and a half cents that it's currently trading at. If you were to reverse it and say, let's use those numbers, let's use the 10% discount rate, its current earnings per share, and we say, what is the stock telling us that it needs to achieve in terms of a growth rate over the next two years to justify that share price? What we see is that the number is about 
21% a year. So, you know, that's sort of in line with what they did this year, but sustaining that growth rate for 10 years is probably unrealistic. Yeah, I think the tough thing is the market at the moment. We know that alcohol consumption is going down. But still, like even, even if beer consumption was flat... It's such a competitive market yeah. because they compete with all these big brands and like shelf space is so difficult yeah. to get and tap space at pubs is so difficult to get. 20% a year. I mean, it's a relatively small base compared to some of the bigger brewers, but... Let's say 5% growth year on year. Yeah, it's still interesting. Well, as I said, I'd be going for the exit. Go for the sell. So if we if we do the other uh, valuation method that we've been talking about, this one that Roger Montgomery wrote about in his book, which really looks at the company's book value per share and it looks at how it's growing through its return on equity number, what we see is that its current book value per share is $0.05 cents, and its return on equity, if we average out the last five years, it's pretty low. It's 4.06%. 4. So that's not really great at all. If you plug those numbers into the table that Montgomery includes in his book, you get a suggested share price of 1.09 cents, which is well below what the, what it's trading at. Significantly below. Yeah. And the reason for that is because the return on equity is so low. It's just not really it's good not enough. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if it starts crushing it with its own brand and improves its margins and it re- improves its return on equity, then- there's no reason to say that can't change, but just based on historical performance, it's probably not there. There's one last thing that I want to call out in terms of a red flag. It currently has no debt, which is great. It cleared all its debt, I think, two years ago. F-17, it had some debt, no longer. Stoked. That's great. There is a red flag buried in that though. You know, It's done acquisitions over the last couple of years. It's built a new canning facility for, I think, like $7.8 million or something. Redfern Brewery. Yeah, there's there's money being spent. And so you have to ask, well, if it's got no debt, Where's it d- coming did from? it just have heaps of cash? Yeah. But it doesn't look like it's been making that much profit to be able to invest in all that. And so what you see, if you look at its total number of shares, is that that number has just ballooned. So June 2015, the end of F15, 485 million shares by the end of f19 1.06 billion shares wow so it's more than doubled its share count in five years and there's there's a saying that you know you hear if you listen to shark tank or whatever that equity is more expensive than debt yeah and that's very true here because every shareholder if they didn't participate in the capital raises and didn't buy more shares every time the company went to the market to ask for for more money it meant they got diluted and it meant they, you know, if they were earning one 485 millionth of a share of the company and they were entitled to that much of its profits and all that, they're now entitled to 1.06 billionth of the... They've more than doubled the amount of shares on offer. Yeah, so, which is more than halved people's ownership stakes. Yeah. yeah. So just to be clear, and what you're saying is that instead of taking out debt, which they would generally have to pay back at an interest rate over a period of time, what they've decided to do rather than that is go to the market and offer more shares on issue for people to buy and they'll take on some capital that way. But the reason you're saying it's more expensive is because rather than having to pay debt back, you're actually diluting the the cost and also the revenue that is going to be distributed across to everyone at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, it's, it's a decision they made. It's probably not a decision that most companies would make. You would at least have some debt 
before you went to the market and diluted your shareholders. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting point. Good pickup. Yes, yeah. So you got to keep an eye out for things like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's an interesting company. It's probably not one that I would be interested in at this price. Well, I'm going to be keeping an eye out. They obviously believe that they're underweight in the East Coast market. I'm reading here that they want to target target the East Coast with an additional 6 million litres coming across here over the next five years. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out to see what their penetration is on, on the shelf and across the, the retailers over here. Yeah, and they're going to open more of these microbreweries across the East Coast as well to, I think, try and build their name recognition yeah so if you look in the states like microbreweries have taken off and craft beers have taken off and there's definitely a virtuous cycle between brands that have good popular microbreweries that people want to go to and you know they get to see touch and feel how the beers are made and you know it's a real experiential marketing i guess and then that reinforces sales at the bottle and so if they can replicate that here then you know it's the world's their oyster, I guess. But yeah, there's a lot of competition in the brewing space. To your point earlier, there's declining beer consumption in general. So a few headwinds that they're really going to have to... Tough market. Yeah. If uh, I was to invest in an alcohol beverage company, I would be looking at spirits rather than beer to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Gin has had an unbelievable run. Uh, I know. Yeah. Gin yeah. has. Looking for the next thing. I think it's going to be Mezcal. What you could do is you could just hedge your bets and say, whatever it is, you know, uh, Constellation Brands or Asahi or someone is probably going to have a big role in it and just just bet on the big end of town. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I remember telling you about the West Winds gin over in W Australia, kicking myself. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure how it's going, but I do see it in the shops at the moment. Do you? Do you? Unfortunately. But anyway... So where do you think this falls in your circle of competence, Ryan? Oh, I think consumer discretionary, consumer staples, like all that is right in most people's circles of confident- yeah. competence. Yeah. yeah, not difficult to understand and not difficult to test either. No, no. Yeah. You see it, you touch it, you feel it, you buy it or you don't buy it. And a lot of these products, like that's the best determinant. If your mates are rocking up to parties with Atomic Beer or Matzo's Beer, like one of these brands and they're enjoying them and they're buying them more, that's a pretty good indication that we're onto something. Otherwise, if no one's buying them and you don't see them on the shelves when you go to the bottle or they're, you know, wildly overpriced or whatever it is, that's first-hand market research. Well, to give you an example, a White Claw is a is a spritz that's gone nuts over in the States at the moment. Crazy. Yeah. So much so that you and I wanted to try and bring them to Australia. Yes, yes. There may have been an email that you sent. <laughs> uh, we emailed them and unfortunately an international distribution is not currently part of their business strategy, but that's fine. So it led us to uh, look domestically at what other competitors, I guess, or similar, similar products there are in Australia. And I saw that Sofi, S-O-F-I, was doing a... Uh, through so- Equitize. Sophie or Sofi? So who knows? <laughs> or is it Sophie? Oh. <laughs> they were doing a, a raise through Equitize, so a private raise off market. Anyone can do that though. It's a, a crowdsourcing platform. And I figured the first thing that I should do before actually investing is go and taste them. 
They've got two flavors. Didn't pay them. Yeah, they didn't were. Like yeah, average. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because because Americans like, have terrible taste buds. Well, yeah, white wine and spritz. <laughs> I'm joking to all of our American <laughs> listeners out there. No, he's not. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, didn't pay it. But now, I see, there's more coming to the market in Australia, so some more uh, testing to do. But uh, yeah, good example of how easy it is to actually go out there and uh, test these things. Maybe we should brew our own. Oh well, yeah. I guess it's not hard to pour goon and a bit of water into it <laughs> and, and sh- shake it up. Shake it up. With some flavouring. That's your uh, that's your <laughs> nightcap every night. <laughs> Get out of it. Anyway, Reg, uh, we'll leave it there and we'll continue our shallow dive next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.